But Ryan and Amy are old friends of mine. They are a sketch comedy duo based here in Vancouver, and they have a show coming up in the comedy festival JFL Northwest. But you might know them from their live shows, from their online videos. We're gonna talk about one that I thought was so outrageous that I I was shocked when I saw it the first time. And they're gonna disavow it, but you're gonna to wanna to Google it afterwards. What's also interesting is even though they've, uh, Ryan's been on Amazing Race Canada, together they've been on Too Much Information and The Funny Pit, uh, They've gone on tours, they've uh, partnered with brands and created online content, but you might know them as these crazy gender-bending characters. But in this interview, you see a thoughtful, insightful approach to their work, how they make it, how they get seen, and how they rally the LGBT community to support their work and that allows them to thrive. I think it's a, an interesting take on seeing performers in a way that you wouldn't expect. This is Ryan and Amy from The Ryan and Amy Show. Would you like a drink? Wow, is this allowed? Is that how you guys do most of your shows? No. What? Maybe you should start. We don't drink during our show. You don't? Don't all comedians drink during their shows? <laughs> I don't. You don't? <laughs> well, I'll have a, I'll have a drink. She'll yeah. milk, a, milk a beer. I'll milk a beer and, and Ryan will be like, I don't even know how many. Okay, I'm ready. Like we have to wait for his number to hit the number that he has so that he, so that we can move on with the show. How many drinks will you have before a show? I usually have one and a half. Really? Maybe two before a show? Yeah. 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 Okay. And then, you know then I'll have one like body. during the show yeah. and then before our mom's at the end, maybe I'll be on my ninth by then. Really? No. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I never knew it was that many. No, no, Truth, this, did you take a sip of this? Yeah. For me, I don't, there's no telling what I will do or say if I'm intoxicated, yeah. so I, I tend to not go there. But there's a big difference between buzzed, right. slightly warm, and intoxicated. Right? Yeah. yeah, I've never slurred, I slurred once, we did a show in Toronto once, and we were very late, because there was like a Justin Bieber concert or something, yeah. and we were there, like literally, we showed up and there was already like a full house, and we are like, ugh, we hadn't like gone over our cues or anything, and so I think to make myself feel better, I had like four double vodka sodas, and too quick of a time, and then during the show a couple times, I was like, and oh, a little bit of a slur, but we got through it. Never went to Toronto again. No, really? <laughs> We're banned from the city. How do you guys decide where you guys go when you guys like book your shows? Do you guys have an, like, you guys have separate agents, yes? We have the same agent. You have the same agent. Yes. Do they ever book you guys together? Like when you guys do the Ryan and Amy show, is that is somebody like managing that or are you guys doing that yourself? That's us. That's all us. Yeah, yeah. when it comes to TV and film, yeah. our agent will potentially send us out. We've been sent out for the same audition if it's a duo type thing, yeah. but other than that, it's separate. But for us, we are our own managers. So it depends. Um, we've been invited to multiple cities just through different festivals or groups or venues. Um, and also we've done a lot of grinding to get into certain places as well ourselves. Tell me the story about the JFL Northwest, how you got into it. I, if I remember correctly, <laughs> we were in the right place at the right time. JFL Northwest was kind of starting and our friend Cameron McLeod was a part mm -hmm. of it right away. And he said to us, hey you guys, JFL is coming to Vancouver as Northwest. And if you guys want to get in, now is the time. Here's the contact info. We emailed Brandy maybe? I think it was Brandy, I think yeah. we emailed the right person and it was just kind of luck. We got in there right at the beginning and now once you're, it's the kind of thing, once you're in, then you just got to make sure you keep, you know, selling at your shows and doing well. And, yeah. uh, and then they invite you, ultimately invite you back. Yeah. How does that process work? Like, do you guys have like criteria that you have to fit? And I don't know exactly what they look at, if they look at our following or if they, I think the Cam McLeod who we're affiliated with through his show, The Hero Show, and we worked with him for many years and we were, he's part of the festival as well and helps facilitate the, the festival. So I think he probably had 
hand in saying, you know, when this festival came to the West, they had to sort of figure out who was actually performing here, what their shows looked like, how many people they got out, what was their quality of comedy, how popular were they, XXX. I'm sure that all had a play in it. Yeah. And we were fortunate enough that we've been in the city and performing for so long uh, and working with him and he knows our style and, and that we can sell out shows and thankfully. So uh, I think it, we checked off most of their boxes, which I assume that were in those categories. What do you guys do in the show? Is it different than your other live shows or your videos? Like, what It's very see? similar. It's actually the same show we usually do. Um, with uh, our JFL show, usually we do invite more guests as in other comedians in Vancouver. Um, our normal show, we maybe will have one or two, but with our JFL show, sometimes what, like last year, we had a group where we had, I think, six, seven other um, comedians from Vancouver. And then how long does it run for? Like the hour and a half. Hour and a half. And how many shows do you guys have to do? Just one. Just you do one, and you're like, that was good, or that was not so good, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, but we're in other shows oh, you in are. the festival. Yes. How does that work? So Camel Cloud does this awesome show, which yeah. is one of my favorite, if not my most favorite show in the city, which is called the Hero Show, yes. and it's a sketch comedy show. So it's character work. Every there's rules. It's sketch comedy. You can't do stand up or improv, yeah. uh, and it's a solo solo show. So all of the performers are solo. You can't do stand up or improv right. sketch comedy, but it doesn't have to be a written sketch. It has to be a written sketch. It has to be a written. Yes. So it's like straight up SNL in living color. Yes, in living color. Remember? Love that. Fire but you can, do, you can do sketch or you can like sometimes, one time somebody came out to the opening theme of America's Funniest Home Videos and he came out acting like he was Bob Saget just pointing through the, uh, the crowd, the theme ended and he left the stage and that was his whole sketch. So we could like come and do like, I'm going to recreate the opening of Facts of Life. Mm -hmm. If you want, you do whatever you want. If you get yeah. laughs, I drank a six pack of beer <laughs> once. Oh no, it's like if you get laughs, that's, that's a big criteria. If you can guarantee laughs, then sure. I drank a six pack of beer once and a, to a four minute Kim Mitchell song, yeah. and I had the whole audience singing the chorus of the song, and I had a bucket in front of me because drinking six beers in four minutes is not really healthy. <laughs> um, but and I almost vomited several times, but which oh. was the laughter point, and the audience. It was only four minutes, so even if it's not like funny, yeah. they're like kind of on board with the um, experience. Yeah. So I mean, that's a little bit extreme, but yeah, just no stand up and no, uh, no, no stand up is basically the only rule, right? No, yeah, you can like improv like you can, but you're improving yeah. as a character and you don't say this whole thing is improv. Yeah, hey guys, name a room in your house. You can don't do that. <laughs> it's not, it's not it's like not. actual. How is it like? navigating a career in comedy in Vancouver, especially not as comedians and not as improvisers, because I don't think you guys are either, stand-up comedians, rather. Sketch comedy is kind of like the little underdeveloped twin on your shoulder uh, in the comedy scene here. <laughs> is that okay? You usually get those removed. <laughs> no, you don't. That is that was discriminatory. Them and you love them. Yes, you keep them there on your shoulder. They're a little ball of teeth and hair, <laughs> and they have something to say. Yeah, they have something to say if someone will listen. So that's kind of I think what we are. Sketch, sketch, sketch is like growing definitely here yeah. for sure. I I would say that probably stand up stand up is probably like the biggest in the city. I would say for bodies and shows, mm. improv is huge. Mm -hmm. And sketch is like yeah, I shouldn't say it's a ball of hair with teeth. It's like a ball of hair with like an eye and a mouth and like a nose. It's developing. Some hands, yeah. yeah. It's developing. Why did you guys do stand up? I was gonna say, we kind of already have our own brand. Like, we do sketch comedy, but we also do um, video content, online videos, which we've been doing for like, you know, seven, eight years. Right. So, 
you kind of you can't spread yourself too thin. You got to kind of focus on what you're mm -hmm. good at. So I think for us personally, we're good at live sketch comedy, writing, character work, and we're good at videos. And we do all the editing ourselves and the promotion, and you know, just hounding hounding people on Instagram. So kind of just focus on those <laughs> harassing things. people harassing. on watch Instagram. It. Have you watched this yet? Hey, have you watched hey, this yet? That's hey, that's a good. Hey, hey, hey. But that's the way to do it. Like I remember, we've had a conversation. I mentioned Gary Vaynerchuk and how mm -hmm. it's like you should do Instagram stories six times a day. Yes. And then I noticed that you guys actually started doing that. Mm -hmm. And I feel that's given you guys traction, but I don't actually monitor your numbers. But do you guys feel that by applying what like internet marketing gurus say and you put it into your own comedy brand, has that helped your business? Yeah, I think so. It's a full-time job, which is tough, yeah. um, but absolutely. And it makes sense. Like it's not, sometimes I call it like the game. You have to follow the social media game, but we're not really playing a game on anybody. I think it makes sense. Like if you're, if you're, if people are interested in what you're doing and it's, and, and they want to see your face and see what you're doing every day and, and have interaction that way. So it makes perfect, perfect sense. Like I, I get it. It's not really a game. It's that you have to be in front of the camera and, and show people that you know you're around and, and have something for them to follow if you're just a once in a while poster it's kind of boring but it's good that we're partners this way yeah. because for example Amy is a, a queen of the stories like she will story everything yeah. and then I mean I try once in a while but then I'll I'm more on her post you know I'll like Photoshop things I'll make quick little videos and usually always send to her at work if, we do, if we're doing a meme you know like hey what about this clip and we'll, she'll be at work and she'll be on her break well, uh, we'll get back to <laughs> my 15 minute break. Oh, I got a 15 break. minute and a lunch. She'll get back and we'll literally work like in our, in, I'll be in my living room. She'll be in her office. We'll go back and forth and she'll tell me, okay, this is perfect. I upload it. And then it's just kind of that kind of um, relationship, I guess, where we're always just trying to kind of bang it forth between each other, regardless of work and what we're doing. Right. So it's just a lot of teamwork. A lot of teamwork and a lot of like, creativity and really tapping into that while while writing a sh writing an entire show while coming up with video concepts while writing a pilot while trying to write characters for other people's people's shows while maintaining somewhat of a life we both have partners you know like i have nephews that i'm obsessed with i gotta give them a lot of my time they need me um <laughs> and yeah it's a lot but it's awesome and it's if we weren't i always say like Every once in a while, I have a check-in and I say, if we weren't doing this, I don't think I would be as fulfilled. How often do you guys meet to create content? Uh, I would, it goes back and forth, usually at least once a week. Uh, we have a show three. coming up, so that it's gonna be, you know, repping up now, like to two to three times a week. Yeah. And then when the show ends, we kind of usually give ourselves, if we can, a week to kind of like- Some time apart. <laughs> to what? Some time apart. Some time uh, apart, and space. just to like, give it to our partners, and to our family, and to ourselves, you to know? To give to, like, it to our partners. <laughs> to give it to our partners real hard. Sometimes I feel guilty. Because even last night, I was trying to like think of ideas for songs for our next show. Yeah. And my boyfriend's lying beside me. And yeah. finally, he's like, he wanted to watch something. And I kind of like had this thing in my brain. I'm like, you need to close your computer right now. Because if you don't, he's going to like not be impressed. And he's going to like, if this continues to happen, it's going to be a reason why he breaks up with me again. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knew it was the hottest topic on the city. <laughs> Let's get into it. Let's get raw. Your characters, how do you guys like come up with them? And then how do you know once you have them, like these are the keepers that will present, and then once you do the show, then you keep doing. Great question. Real life. I'm developing oh, a character no. as we speak on you. <laughs> yeah? Show me that one. I can't. No, I can't. It's inappropriate. <laughs> Uh, I, I, but for, for me personally, I think maybe you have a different answer, but for me, it's like my bread and butter and what I love the most is just real people, relatable people where you're like, oh my gosh, my mother's just like this. Or, oh my gosh, you know, this woman that works at the grocery store is like, I've seen this woman before. I like real life version, hy hyped up versions of like real life people. 
So Monster is not real. Well, Monster is based on a a real person. <laughs> Her personality, yes. not anything that happened to this person, but yeah. her characteristics and how she sort of moves her body and her, how she looks. Yeah. Yeah. And mom, the moms, where is that coming from? Mine is my mom. <gasps> really? Mine is. A version of my mother, yes. That, they were never supposed to be more than a one video thing, Moms Over Miami. We had a song and we knew, we were, I think originally we might, I was, we were gonna maybe be younger and we thought it'd be funnier if they were older. And then the outfits we put on were just the outfits we put on and she uh, assumed kind of the role of her mother right away and, and <laughs> who was kind of, you know, like, uh, not cocky, but sassy. sassy. So exuberant. To, to balance that. Yeah, I'll tell her you said that. Yes, <laughs> exuberant. I just know of her Instagram stories. <laughs> Susan had to be a little bit more, I think, like shy just to, to balance it all out. And mm -hmm. then. She's Susan Derulo just because of Jason Derulo. Like that was the joke at the beginning and then the video was kind of a hit so we did another one and then we tried them live for the first time and then they just grew and grew and grew and grew. They're like, our most popular character by far. Yeah. Popular characters, the moms. And if, yeah, the moms are, if nobody knows who they are, they're the they're middle-aged moms that are a pop duo and they're kind of like neighborhood, like your neighborhood mom, like your friend's mom who decided that in their older age they were gonna, you know, get into music and, and they've really gone for it, but no one ever shows up to their concerts, but they talk about them. They go on tours to Safeway, to grocery store parking lots mm -hmm. and put on uh, concerts where they're not allowed to. Mm -hmm. um, and we change the lyrics to popular existing songs. Yeah. What's been the most popular one? Kelowna. Kelowna. Or, or cities. Or cities, yeah. We did a show where we just sang about all uh, Canadian cities. And we did Chilliwack to Sexy Back. We did uh, Surrey to Justin Bieber's Sorry. And then we did Kelowna <laughs> to My Sharona. Yeah. And we recorded our shows and we put Kelowna online. And I think it took a couple of days, but it started it to grow up. and grow and grow. And before we knew it, CBC Kelowna had contacted us. And we there's, a, there's a CBC Kelowna? There's a CBC. Do you know yeah. there's a Disney in Kelowna? What? There's an interactive branch, a Disney interactive branch in Kelowna. Anyway. Oh, not like a theme park. You wouldn't know. Imagine. You're a smaller person than us. We have a lot of things that you don't know. Go on with the interview, please. Um, yeah, so Kelowna was big. And then I feel like we had another one that kind of, oh, I don't know. But Kelowna, I think, was the biggest. Have you guys ever hit up like tourism uh, like departments? What do you call those things? We should. Tourism, tourism we BC. Should. Hey. <laughs> but we kind of like. Tourism departments. Kelowna was good sports though, because we kind of like ripped their town apart a little yeah. bit, like talking about border shorts with flames and yeah. fake breasts and stuff like that. Uh, the people that live there. My cousin, my we, I was I was inspired by Kelowna because my cousins lived there for a little bit, and yeah. uh, there was a lot that we had spent a lot of time growing up in the in the Okanagan as kids. So uh, we I had a little bit of an idea of the sore spots of Kelowna hey. and like any city. So we really ripped it apart. And honestly, after we we said some pretty like you know you know things and uh, crossing the line things, but they loved it. Like they were, which was so awesome by the way. The city just like loved it. They yeah. were like, they totally like, were like, this is so bang on. All the, there was like hundreds of thousands of comments being like, this is our city. Like, yeah. oh my God, they nailed it. And we were like, good, you can take the, you know, for lack of a better, take the piss out of your city because mm -hmm. that's exactly what comedy is, is just taking the piss out of things. Not so one laugh. comedy was uh, negative. I mean, not one comment. Yeah. So when you guys have that kind of success or even when you're touring, you're doing your show, how do you monetize your business? Well, we get paid through various outlets. We work with YouTube. We were signed with World of Wonder. I think one of the ways to do it is to partner with brands. How have you guys done that? I know you've worked with like... We've worked with Absolute and we've worked <clears throat> with a social um, app called Jacked in the past. And we've actually, we've had a meeting on Sunday and we are leaning that direction a little bit more. And we um, uh, sent an email to a local company 
and pitch them an idea and um, we're waiting to hear back but I think we want to get into that more because our uh, vodka soda with absolute and 19th birthday with Jack are two of our most popular videos so now that we can show people hey you know like we can grow your brand um, there's some money there to be made mm -hmm. what's the goal when you guys are like doing this, obviously you're doing this for fun, but like what is the goal? What so, you had a... The goal, I think our like, we want to be able to do this full time. Absolutely, whatever that looks like. Right. Um, we are shopping a couple pilots right now um, that star us comedy shows. And I think that's the ultimate goal is to be able to get on a broader um, viewing level, mm -hmm. whether that's Netflix or television or, or whatever that looks like. Canadian media or American? Um, good question. I mean, obviously, I, we <laughs> either at this point. Yeah. <laughs> either. I, we're, we're pitching to both mm. right now. Yeah. So obviously America has a, a broader reach than Canada does, um, but we'll have to see who's interested in, in what we're doing. Why not move to the States? Just like go to LA, go to New York. Like for the kind of stuff you do, it's like why not go? Why not study at UCB and like run in that community? What's the what's the benefit in staying in Vancouver and you know, basing out of here? Um, well, a lot of it, I guess, I don't know if I'm just afraid, but it's here, it's um, like I have a job here and a relationship and family and if I go there, yes. I don't have any of that. Yes. I don't have like, you know, like $50,000 saved up that I can just go and cross my fingers mm -hmm. so a lot of it is that and I always say too like here we're decent sized fish in a, in a pool we're down there I'm afraid that we would be really small fish in a huge pool you know mm -hmm. so like and we've already like I think done quite well for ourselves over the years so like I feel if we keep going you know it, it's just continuing to grow it's just not growing fast enough maybe sometimes for me I feel like for example, JFL Northwest is a huge step in the right direction, especially for locally for Vancouver. Um, we haven't had a, you know, we have wonderful comedic, comedic festivals in town, which are great, and it's not a slight against anybody, and we're thankful for all of them, and we need them all. But JFL Northwest has brought the West to a level that we haven't been at before. We're, they're bringing in big names, and we're mm. being sort of put on the map, and this best of the West, which we're sort of in the pool of, is huge for us. I don't want to go anywhere. I want to bring American-styled comedy to Canada, which I don't think is here yet, except for the exception of personally. And this again, this is not a slight. You know, comedy, com comedy is, you know, in the eye of the beholder. It's it's subjective. Um, but Baroness von Sketch show is killing it. I'm so excited that they are Canadian and they're amazing. Uh, Letterkenny is hilarious, and to me, that's a very American-style comedy that Canada is finally green lighting, which is huge. We want to be a part of that. Um, when I say I'm, we're open to American production companies potentially being uh, excited about us or interested in us, absolutely. Would we ever say no to that? No. But um, it would be amazing to make it here in our, in our own country. And I think we're on our way to green lighting bigger and better comedies that like the states are doing like the Amy Schumer show like SNL like who countless I can't even there's a million shows that they're saying yes to that are really funny mm -hmm. um, and I think Canada has been playing it safe for a really long time but we're finally starting to change that and we really are screaming to be a part of that but it's hard to get in the right hands it's who you know what meetings who's looking at you are you similar to somebody else there's all these little things but we are determined and that's why we're still doing this after all these years mm -hmm. um, to get in the right doors and to convince people that they should be taking a shot on uh, the comedy that we do. What are your suggestions and your tips for getting past those gatekeepers, those people who make the decisions, who can give the yes or the no? 
in your experience as a duo and as individual performers, uh, what are your best practices? I think getting out there as much as possible, being in every show you can, saying yes to everything, like introducing yourself to people when you're at a show, um, supporting other shows, like everything we've got in the past has been just through mostly people we've known. You, oh, you know the right person, hey, you want to come audition for this? Oh, perfect, you know, be on the funny pit, great. Um, just, and to keep pushing, and then on the funny pit you meet more people and you keep in contact with them and you don't harass, but I think you need to like let people know what you're doing and that you're constantly working. And we're like, we literally post on Instagram every day. We're like, we're always just being, even if we're at a week off, we're still like acting like we're not, you know what I mean? We're still like, oh, look, we did this, we did this. So it's just always being in people's faces, but not, being annoying, I think is a big, there's a fine line there. And I also think, obviously, like relationships are really important. So, for example, when we were, when we were the first television show we ever did together was for YTV called The Funny Pit. And we made a point to make sure, and, and just because we wanted to learn too, it was our first sort of big production together um, of, of, of talking to and having meetings with the producers and the director and asking questions and letting them know what we're doing and being brave enough, being brave enough to knock on doors too, honestly. I think a lot of people uh, live sort of fear-based, especially in this industry, which you know I think a lot of people, um, there's like a, I don't know how to articulate this properly, but there's a lot of people in this industry that sort of want to seem bigger than they are, and, and how dare you little P come to my door and knock on my door, and, mm -hmm. and what are you doing? Like, I'm not really, I hate that. Yeah. Like, we're all on the same team here. We're all passionate and excited about, about this industry, and why not give me a shot and listen to what we, and, and, and finding people that are real like you within the industry. We've got a really great friend, Dan, in Toronto, who works for a production company. Oh wait, who, Dan Pasqua? Yeah. But he's <laughs> Dan Didn't I introduce you guys? Uh, did you? Yes, I think so. Well, maybe. I can't remember. Thank you, Zane. Well, you did. Thank you. Thank you very much. He's amazing. Cheers. He's amazing. To Dan, yeah, we're like, strange. we don't know. Look, we're above you. As like we said, we're one of those people in the industry that don't come knock on our door. Because we don't know what you little guys are doing here. Forgot. No, but he is somebody, and like you, you know what I mean? Like, we're, I think you just find your people. Wherever, whatever industry that you're in, you kind of just find your people that are real and looking to help each other and see talent and, and understand. I mean, I don't, we're not delusional. I don't, you know, we are able to sell out shows. We have a great following. We have people that are really good to us and we have great fans. And, and I think we make ourselves open to people. Um, and there's some people in the industry that do and you should find those people. I think that's really interesting when you were saying this is what made me think. It's like every opportunity that I've had uh, in my career in Canada has always been connected through somebody I know. Us too. Like even? even here at Daily Hive, any television show I've been on, it's always been through somebody I knew there was a connection. Mm -hmm. Except in the States. It's always been the two things in the States have been through my agent. But because it was America, I didn't treat it the same way. And so even now when you guys said that about it, let people know. There was like one show that now when I look back, I'm like, maybe I should have pursued that a little bit stronger and it would have gone further. Mm -hmm. But I was like, oh, you're an American TV show. I can't Getting intimidated. Right? Yeah, and I'm like, who? Why? They... I, and I think the biggest thing is nobody wants, like even when I've had to like cast stuff, because I think when you're on one side and you're auditioning and then you're like, oh, I'm just hoping you get the role. But when you're on the other side and you're like casting people or finding people, we want you to solve our problem. Right. And you hear that and you're like, be yourself and just solve their problem. And you're like, no, not in my scenario. But I think that's a big thing. And like even when you guys are saying that, I'm like, yeah, you've got to foster those relationships mm -hmm. and put yourself out there. And it's not in... Uh, you're not impeding anybody else's process. I think people forget that, and I think that the relationship thing is key. It, absolutely, and and just again, I know I'm kind of repeating myself, people like, like JFL Northwest who are giving us a voice now in the West especially too, because in Canada, historically, 
everything, especially comedy, has been in Ontario, has yes. been uh, Montreal or Toronto, has that's where it sort of come from, sort of thing. Um, and I desperately, how many people have told me not only we should be moving to LA, but you should be moving, if you're gonna stay in Canada, move to Toronto. Yeah. I love Toronto. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, we can't tell you that we haven't had several conversations about moving to Toronto because we thought maybe it would give us a bigger, a bigger lift. I don't want to move at this point. I want to. I want to do something here. I want to represent Vancouver. I want to showcase all the untapped pool of talent that resides here because mm. it's huge. And festivals like this um, are absolutely doing that for us. And they're uh, bringing or giving us um, opportunities to have pitch sessions with decision makers. Yeah. So that's huge because how do you do that? How do you do that? How do you prepare for that? What's that process like? Oh my gosh, it really depends on what, the, meetings can vary yeah. as to what they're looking for. Yeah, we talked about it the other day and just like kind of like pepping each other up before we go in there and like from our experience too, a lot of it is just conversation and like kind of just with you right now and just like, talking about like your project and being passionate about it and what is different about it and what can you bring and like really kind of like selling your brand to you know that person so um, that's what we've kind of learned so far but and yeah being able to I mean everything comes with practice right the more that you pitch the more doors that you're getting into um, you sort of understand the similarities of the process they can vary and how you know for lack of a better word chill the person is that that you're pitching to are they looking for a bible are they looking for a written pilot and a, a sizzle reel um, or for you know last time we pitched at the festival it wasn't about any of that like I don't even know if they looked at our all of our paperwork it yeah. was more like um, we'd love to see something and now we understand that that we need to have something visual for someone mm -hmm. to see right because so then they don't have to be uh, then they don't have to make it up in their head mm -hmm. right because you can write the nicest like bible and all the notes and, and this we is did. it is and i'm like i don't know what that is it was so i'm like i don't want to read just show me your funny video 100 percent. they didn't and it was and it was fair enough and at first i remember feeling like we did all of this work for years and it was kind of just dismissed but in you know whatever not dismissed but it, what they weren't that interested in it. and I get it I don't maybe have the time to sit and read in a huge Everyone's thing in. yeah so it's learning uh, absolutely and being able to field the questions and you know the 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 best one is the is um, what sets you apart you can't be the same what's different about you guys yeah how and how do you differentiate yourself because I think that's another thing somebody I was having a conversation recently and it's like don't try to be better because it'll always be don't try to be the best don't try to be better because it'll always be somebody better but how can you be different? Mm -hmm. If you're entering the, uh, into a, a foray of uh, whatever genre it is, how do you set yourself apart? And it, the thing I put the pin in earlier is when you mentioned that you work with World of Wonder, and obviously the people behind RuPaul's Drag Race and whatnot, um, does, the, does the, the community, the LGBT community, and sexuality, uh, even though your work is something very graphic, like your lo lots of anuses and some videos. Excuse, oh uh, whoa, get this cameras off, off. I'm out. I saw that in one show and I was like, oh shit, this is not my video for me. Others touch. Which <laughs> one? <laughs> no, I'm not saying it out loud because then people will Google it and that's. <laughs> it was on your microphone. You're hindering our chances of any success right now. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Everyone's going to be like, I need to see this video now. Oh my God. Uh, how has, when you talk about being different and also just on the LGBT community, does that help set you guys apart? Yeah, definitely. I think, and I think at one point we were a little bit afraid of like pigeonholing ourselves too, um, doing too much queer uh, content, but then we've kind of noticed, no, like, let's do whatever, basically let's do whatever we think is funny. Yeah. Like ideas come to us, we bang them out, oh my God, let's film that. If it happens to be um, of kind of gay content, great. If it's not, we don't worry about that either. But um, yeah, we don't, we're not afraid anymore. And if anything, we've found people in the LGBT 
LGBTQ community have helped us. And if they like you, it's a good thing. Yeah. We have been supported hugely by our family, yeah. which has been amazing. Like, hey Queen TV is really supportive of us. They're awesome. They're so yeah. great. And World, World of Wonder is another one, you know. Yeah. We did a cruise once uh, because of a gay film festival. We got flown mm -hmm. to New York and went to Bermuda and did a show on there. So yeah, we've been really lucky because of our family, as Amy said. Mm -hmm. it, is, it has really been fabulous, actually. It's, it's interesting. They're loyal and they're fierce and they're fabulous. And we've been really lucky to uh, have tapped into that. And mm -hmm. we're really actually tired of, of, I hope that our industry is evolving. Mm -hmm. We've had a lot of people say, you know, you're pigeonholing yourself in, in the industry and you shouldn't just do this. And that, I don't think that's necessarily why we, like we still do, gay content, um, but we now just focus on, yeah, whatever we think is funny, what is funny? whether it's gay or not, but mm -hmm. we absolutely um, think it's important to to talk to as many people as we can. And I think that that is our brand and what sets us apart in our comedy is that we do a lot of gay content and we do a lot of just, I don't want to call it straight content. Or but just, like, content. just content, just <laughs> content. Yeah. Whatever's like, funny. We do what's funny and we mix yeah. it up, I think, um, I don't want to say we mix it up more than anyone else, but definitely, like, we have a broad it's, range. It's a broad range and it's mm -hmm. very original and the mix that you get. I usually ask people for a book recommendation oh. that they recommend to people. Do you guys have one that you, it doesn't necessarily need to be performing arts based, but do you have one? I love Super Fudge. <laughs> it's always been. Super Fudge? Top, the top Ramona Quimby series? <laughs> oh my god. What about you? your. Um, I liked Tina Fey's uh, Bossy Pants. Okay. That was really good. Yeah. Super Fudge as well is huge. Yeah. I'm currently reading a book called Gumboot Girls, and it's about women in the 70s who moved to Haida Gwaii and what their life was like in the 70s. Not funny, but very interesting. And tearjerker. Hmm. Awesome. Great. <laughs> Cut. Yeah. We'll be editing that out. Had nothing to do with what we were talking about. Why is it important to be uh, well-rounded? A uh, what do you call a Renaissance artist of sort? I think it's important to us. I don't think it's necessarily important to everyone. I think there are people that are very comfortable just being, for example, the funny actor in front of the camera, and they don't want anything to do with directing or producing or casting or anything like that. And I think Ryan and I have been just lucky because we found each other. And we we seem to be on the same page, um, just in wanting to be a part of all of it and understanding how it all works and being interested in that. For me. I love being in front of the camera. I love writing. I love producing. I love casting. But I also love being the directing and being behind the camera and seeing it from that from that view of, as well. I think also when it comes to us is is a lot of people are just performing live. We do half, if not more, of what we do is online mm -hmm. and producing our own content. So we have to be casting directors. We have to be producers. We have to be directors, and we star in our videos as well. And so that's another reason too, I think, why we can stay in Vancouver, because like Amy said, half of our content is online. So we don't have to be in Toronto, we don't have to be in LA. We can be in Vancouver making the exact same video we'd made in any we'd make in any of those cities. So that's another kind of, you know, plus for staying and not and not leaving. What advice would you guys give to people who want to get into comedy and starting out so that they're like, hey, I see you guys at JFL Northwest. I want to do that. Don't, it's awful. No. <laughs> I think I think the first thing yeah. is you need to start. Because I'll have like Drag queens will email me and they're like, want to go for coffee because they want to talk about, you know, like, oh, how can, and they, they, they also think too that right away they're going to have, you know, X amount of subscribers on YouTube and they're going to get to this level. And literally for me, I was at like an acting workshop one weekend and I had done these fundraisers and they got more sketch comedy oriented. I'd always loved SNL. And this woman, Barbara Deutsch, told me, well, why don't you start doing a sketch comedy show? 
Two months later, I started doing a sketch comedy show. Six months later, I met her. Yeah. Again, with like no sketch comedy really experience as me uh, as well. And just started kind of doing our thing. And it was like a kind of a slow burn with little bits of, you know, YouTube success. And then you just got to keep going and going and going. And now JFL Northwest. Like, I think you have to understand too, some people are lucky and it can be like a six month curve that they're suddenly, you know, on Jimmy Kimmel. Good for you. But... I mean, they got there because they started at the same time, you know what I mean? So like, you just gotta start, you gotta be consistent, you gotta have a good attitude, you gotta put yourself out there. Like and it, like with Girls versus the City too, like directing, we also met amazing people on that set mm -hmm. that were, they're now contacts for us in Vancouver, which is another thing, you know, moving forward to like, oh, they might have this project. Oh my God, Amy's gonna be perfect for that. And it's because she said yes to this, you know what I mean? So I kind of was all over there with that answer. No, but I like that, it was very energetic and very positive. What happens when you get to those negative parts, you're unfocused, you're over Overwhelmed, you're not as optimistic about your career. How do you guys get back on track? It can be really, really tough. Um, and I think, like any industry, I, it's funny. Like I talk, we talk about this a lot, especially with my, my my daily job. I talk about this a lot because I'm I'm encouraging. I'm doing, encouraging high school students to go into this industry and there's all those sort of fear-based questions of like it's a tough industry like how do I maintain it I don't want to get depressed you know only a certain percentage of people make it I think that we have come to a point in our lives where we realize that like even at whatever like obviously there's goals there's higher goals but we'll be doing this until we die like this is our passion yeah. and we realize that without it at uh, some capacity we just would be unhappy so if you can find that in you if you realize that this is your passion whether that's comedy or acting or whatever that looks like um, you'll and also you'll find a way You'll just, I know it sounds so stupid, but you will, you'll just find a way, you do. Once you start putting one foot in front of the other and start following your dream that way, little doors start to open. Yes, there will be doors that will close, but it depends on what you do with that. Do you sit back and get depressed and oh my God, no. You just keep going. We keep making our own stuff. Mm -hmm. No one tells us what to make, what we can make or what we can't make. Mm. That's the beauty part of, of the, the world that we live in today is that we're constantly creating content that makes us happy. Whether that makes us money or whether people are looking at it, I don't know, but it makes, the process makes me extremely happy. And find people, like we're a duo, so we're lucky because with that, like when you're negative or down, if it's her, then we're on the phone and I'm, you know, pepping her up. And when I'm down, or got broken up with, she's like, you know, <laughs> we became best friends through this whole process too, which is really important for this. And so for our friends out there um, that are comedians that are not in duo, they still have their little families, you mm -hmm. know, and, and there's several, you know, like there was, there's these four comedians that they do their thing, there's the, these six. So just always, you know, spreading yourself out there and being surrounded by people who are all, um, you know, with the same dreams and goals, because we always know this too. It's just going to take one or two of us to kind of get to that next level, and we're going to, you know, hopefully pull everyone else up. You That's know, it's going to be that kind of thing, <clears throat> and uh, it's it'll happen 100. percent Can't wait to see you guys' show. All new stuff. Yes. No anus videos. Mm, can't promise. <laughs> we <laughs> but we'll put you Should on we tell them? <laughs> We've had cams in all of your anuses this entire time. <laughs> Secret anus cams. So yeah, there'll be anus cam. And as a treat for you, we're gonna put you on the half price list. Sweet. No, we're not. We can't afford we that. We can't. Okay. Oh, sorry, sorry Zane. About that. No, <laughs> we did not discuss that. Take it out of the day ahead budget. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So make sure you go see Ryan and Amy live when you can. They have their show coming up in JFL Northwest. But also. You can see their videos online and support them. Go to dailyhive.com to find out the links for that, to follow them on social, see her Insta stories, and let me know what is your favorite character. And better yet, let me know if you find this video we talked about and what your thoughts on that. You can hit me up at, at ZayMegji. And as for this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe so we can stay in touch.